This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to episode nine of Four People with Bishop Wright. I'm your host, Matthew Bowers. Just a reminder before we get into it, this podcast is a conversation between the Four Faith Weekly Devotional that is sent out every Friday. If you haven't had the chance to read that devotional yet, you can find it in the episode description. And Bishop, I'll be honest with you and say that I'm going to struggle this week because the term algebra was used in your devotional. And algebra and I have a longstanding feud since high school. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, yeah, we, we used algebra. And, and I got to tell you, uh, before really doing this uh, research and this work and writing this, this, uh, this for faith this week, uh, I thought that algebra was just uh, another word for torture. Uh, <laughs> especially of, of high schoolers. But uh, the quote you're referring to uh, and the idea you're referring to uh, comes to us uh, by a, a guy by the name of Amos uh, Wilder, uh, who was a, he's, he's a cool guy. I mean, he was a poet. He was a, a congregational minister. Uh, he taught divinity uh, at Harvard. And uh, he made it all the way to Wimbledon in, uh, as a tennis player. And, uh, you know, he wrote a poem, a book of poems, actually. And, and one small excerpt is, is this. It says, be instructed at the null point. That's N-U-L-L point. The zero breeds new algebra, right? And so I, I started to do a little bit of a, a research there. And, and the word algebra is a, is a fascinating word. Again, I thought it was torture. But what it, it actually means, the word actually means is the reunion and balancing of broken parts, right? So what he's in effect saying is what we is what we're saying in the cross, right? We're saying that somehow uh, on a on a, a garbage dump called Calvary, uh, God did a new thing, right? And uh, and and what uh, the word algebra means is is that a, a new equation uh, can come out of the zero. And so I just think that's a, a fascinating way to begin to talk about, you know, the genius of God. And I think there's something really poetic to the idea of algebra being the balance of broken parts and religion or faith, whatever you want to call it, um, God dealing with our brokenness or our broken parts or whatever you believe about the human condition. And so I, I think my question is, where is that brokenness in, uh, in ourselves and where do you see that brokenness in our own world? Well, sure. I mean, you know, um, this notion that new algebra can come, you know, even out of zeros, even when we're at the at the bottom, uh, you know, at the bottom we we bounce, we don't break, is a, is an amazing idea, especially when you just turn on the news or or go online or uh, you know get your phone going. I mean, there's there's brokenness all around. I mean, it it, it comes in us not being able to. Uh, have the will or the means to address the disparity in education or healthcare, um, you know, the lack of disparity in pay around gender. Um, it, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, the list is the list is, is longer than both of our legs. Um, it's 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 a guy in Glynn County being killed, you know, presumably uh, because of the color of his skin, and finding now that the uh, that the law enforcement. Uh, organization there uh, that uh, is supposed to hold the common trust, uh, you know, uh, actually is not trustworthy. I mean, the broken parts are everywhere. Uh, it, you know, the broken parts are, are wherever we are, right? It's part of being a human being. And so, so empowering 
uh, it's empowering to think that that God somehow, as I like to say, makes gold out of garbage and silk out of scar tissue. You know, God does God's best work at zero. And I think this is the testimony throughout Scripture. Uh, God can do God's best work at zero. So there's brokenness is everywhere we are because we simply missed the mark. That's all the word sin means. It just means we missed the mark. And, and so it's not about shame or guilt. It's just about the fact of it's an objective sort of observation of the fact. The fact is, is that, you know, on our best days, we missed the mark. And for all our good intentions, we missed the mark. And we have blind spots and we can be biased and, and all of that. And at the same time, uh, you know, God does not condemn us. And so I, I think that God, because we're made in the image of God, I think there's God looks at us at us and sees infinite amount, infinite amounts of uh, potential, and try, is trying to unlock that. And I think to unlock that, you got to go, you got to check us on our zero days. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a moment. If you're enjoying Four People with Bishop Rob Wright, we encourage you to subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. We're back with Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. So then where do we find God on those zero days or just kind of in the brokenness? Because I know for me, I, I get so overwhelmed in seeing everything. I mean, I get on Twitter Twitter has had constant COVID-19 updates, which is what they should be doing and updating everyone. But then you get that constant, you know, wait. And then you get an injustice in your state of somebody murdered when they shouldn't be. And then you get something else. And then you get something else. And then you look at injustice in the government. And here's everything going on with the planet. And it's really easy just to, to feel that constant wait or to just see the shatteredness of the world. And so where or how do you see God in those cracks and in those pieces? Yeah, that's a great question. I remember a conversation with a coach I had some time ago. I was having a particularly frustrating season at work and uh, had a conversation with him and and I sort of got a little snarky with him. And uh, I, I was saying, well, wh- where do you see hope? Where do you find hope? You know, sort of in a defiant kind of tone. And he said, well, he paused for a while. He said, I spent a lot of time paying attention to what's green. And that was an, that was an important observation for me. So in as much as uh, uh, the 24-hour news cycle has brought perhaps the worst around the world, very close to us, um, you know, there's also two surfer guys who, for no reason but their love of the ocean, decided to start cleaning it up. And there's a nurse right here from the Diocese of Atlanta who decided that she was going to go to Manhattan because she had she had gifts that she wanted to share with the people who were suffering. Uh, and and there's 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 a, a small congregation of senior citizens in the Diocese of Atlanta who decided that they weren't going to just sort of hunker down in their houses, but they were going to make sure that the public school kids who, who because of the closing of all schools were denied a lunch, they were going to provide that lunch. And so it, it, it's, it's, um, it's to look at things on balance. Yeah, there's a lot of broken stuff in the world, but there are people who are doing new math out of zero every day. And, and sometimes it's us and sometimes it's the people we meet and know. And, you know, I think this is also why scripture is so important. There, there are people, there's, there's uh, 6,000 or more years of, of stories 
of people who have made a way out of no way with God's help. I mean, you know, one of my favorite two ladies are Shipra and Pua, uh, these midwives who had nothing but a birthing stool uh, and their faith in God uh, more than their faith in Pharaoh. And because of their good work, they gave birth to Moses and Moses, you know, the rest of the story. So I, I guess it's just, you got to find out what's green. Uh, you got to pay attention to what's green in your midst. And, you know, maybe you can be green for somebody else. Uh, I love the springtime in Georgia. There's that light colored green in all the trees. It's not the it's not the drier green in August, but it's this it's this light colored green. The new shoots are coming up all around the the, the gardenia, the jasmine, uh, the honeysuckle. It's it, it's a light green, and so we got to look at where, what's light green around us. I think this is what this is what Wilder's saying. It's not optimism, though. I need to say this: hope and optimism are not the same things. We hope. Uh, because we know there's God, right? And and so uh, because there's God and because God does God's good work at zero, we have every reason to hope. That's what I really need to say. Optimism can burn off with three consecutive disappointments, right? Uh, it burns off really fast. It's just not durable. But hope is mus- much more muscular uh, than optimism. So then do we, as we're living, do we balance that that green of the new math and the brokenness or are we called by God to just be broken people or are we constantly looking to be green and in that new math, where does the common person kind of find themselves on that spectrum and and what should they be aimed towards? That's a great question. I I think that, you know, a lot of, a lot of what we're talking about here is, um, is a consequence, a positive consequence of living with God, Right. Um, immersing oneself in the stories, immersing oneself in generosity, giving up uh, smallness and separateness and superiority, uh, you know, uh, living with God. A lot, a lot of this stuff kind of burns away, and we begin to sort of find ourselves and, and experience ourselves fastened to something that's bigger than ourselves. Um, you know, in the, in the Episcopal Church, we talk about seven genres of prayer, and one of the genres of prayer we talk very little about is oblation, which means the giving of oneself away. And I think this is this is something that we need to sort of do. I mean, you know, God is not a, a, a lucky rabbit's foot kind of God, and God is not a, a microwave popcorn kind of God, right? So, so this God is inviting us to live uh, with with God, and uh, as we live with God and sort of move. And come to frustrating in, uh, intersections and push through those things and uh, linger long enough uh, in the reality of our life, uh, standing in our tradition, standing alongside of other people. Uh, this is where I think we begin to experience the green more frequently. Uh, but it, it comes out of our personal commitment. You know, God doesn't want robots who are sort of being bullied to believe so they don't go to a, high, a fiery end. God is looking for partners of their own free will, of their own volition, who want to join God in God's good works in the world. And when we do that, the, the, the history books tell us, and when men and women have done that over the millennia, really good things happen. Green happens. And, and those people were never perfect. They were not spiritual super athletes. Those people were just like you and I, who have fallen down, who mess up, who break things. Um, and yet somehow the genius of God pulls even out of their brokenness, sometimes especially out of their brokenness, these wonderful expressions that change things for the better. 
I'm glad you brought up the the lingering long enough uh, phrase because, I mean, I feel like the the world is lingering on a lot and for a long time. Um, but I, you know, as we talk about what's going on in the world or just what does it mean to live in this world, um, there are people who linger on news or on money. There are people who linger on faith, and so. I wonder, first off, what do you see people lingering on that maybe isn't what they should be lingering long enough on? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, linger is about attention and focus. And, you know, God has sort of designed us that, you know, we become what we linger on, right? I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing. The psalmist talk about this, about the silliness of, of idolatry, because, you, you know, somehow... Uh, the way that we're made and engineered as human beings is that we become what we focus on. And so, so uh, that's, that's a quote from James Beck. If we can linger long enough, um, if we can linger long enough with God, it's amazing what we begin to know about ourselves and about God. And so, yeah, I'm inviting people to linger more on that. I, I like to give myself uh, some parameters as I listen to the news. Uh, I like to give myself some parameters as I, as I take in information, which helps me to do my job and to be informed. But at the same time, I have to also make sure I'm lingering in those things that are part and parcel of uh, of who I am and what I am. And so I need to linger in music because it gives me buoyancy. And I need to linger in times with my family. Uh, we need to figure out how to play games and do those sorts of things, enjoy one another. I need to linger uh, in my marriage. I need to be, I need to linger in being a husband for a while. I need to linger, you know, so, so I, I think when we linger uh, in, in things um, that are good and positive, there's a cumulative effect. And when we linger in things that give us sort of a sugar rush, or cause us to fear, or cause us to be anxious, then we have the cumulative effect of that. And so I, I, what I'm hoping is, is that while we're spending less time out and about, maybe we've figured out ways to organically linger in the best part of our faith, in the best part of our tradition, out for walks. I mean, we have lingered in walking here at my home. I'm, I'm, uh, I've, I've walked more miles during COVID-19, stay at home and beyond, than I have in a very, very long time. And so the cumulative effect of that is health for my body. So yeah, I, th- I think we have, to, we have to interrogate what we're lingering in. I mean, even the phone nowadays will tell you how much screen time you have, right? And in uh, how you're spending your time. And so I think if we linger there, rather than sort of these, uh, these, uh, these places that we can linger that produce no ultimate good in us, uh, we'd be wise uh, to, uh, to investigate that. So if we're looking at lingering on, on faith or just lingering on those things that are positive for us and build us, and, and we bring in the idea of that new math of algebra, of balancing all things, what does that world look like? Or what does that community look like? Um, or even what does life for that person who, who brings that in, how, how, does it, how does it change them? How does life look like for them once they've accepted that, that God's new math way of life? Well, I mean, here's how I'd answer that question. You know, I mean, uh, uh, preaching is good and teaching is good, but, you know, the world wants to see it in action. The world wants to see it in, in the flesh. And so as you and I linger with God, you know, there's a cumulative effect that happens to us, which is palpable to the world. It's palpable when we engage with people, right? It's not we're performing faith or performing uh, the love of God, but, you know, as it seeps into our bones, we become that thing. That's what the world needs. 
right? And as we do that, we give, we, we radiate hope. We find hope for ourselves and we radiate hope. And it's not being about being sort of happy, clappy characterizations of what it means to believe in God or, or follow Jesus Christ. It's about having something that has really penetrated your life and it's authentic for you. And everybody knows and can sense from the old person to the younger person, you know, what is BS and what's not BS. And so, you know, when we linger with God long enough and we bring our real questions to God and we bring our real brokenness to God, it's amazing how life lived with God can begin to rearrange our furniture. And if we treat God like microwave popcorn, well, that just doesn't happen. It's too transactional, right? But if we decide that we're going to walk along with God and we're going to sort of be available and open up ourselves, it's amazing what can happen. And when that begins to happen to us, it begins to happen to wherever we are. So, I mean, you know, the fact that Desmond Tutu, for instance, was able to hold steady in joy in the midst of uh, uh, all the violence of apartheid South Africa is a phenomenal thing. And he actually infected the people that were sort of radical and rabid uh, separatist with his joy and with his humor. Uh, and, and, and so did that contribute uh, I, to, the, to the coming down of apartheid? Yes, and lots of other things contributed to it. But in his engagements with people, he was the thing. Uh, he was the genuine article. And that came out of his absolute commitment to spending time with God uh, and, and, and allowing that hope to penetrate him. Not performing it, but being authentic. And I think that still makes the difference for us. So, Bishop, we've talked about hope. We've talked about new algebra. Uh, I give you the chance to, to answer this every week, and it's, it's spe- uh, especially specific this week. What are you lingering on? Is there, is there a Bible verse? Is there something you're meditating on that's kind of swimming in your head, in your heart? Um, what are you looking at this week? Yeah, I... Um you know, since our kids, I have five kids, and, and, and since our kids were little, we have tried to, you know, we have shared with them uh, the 23rd Psalm, and they, they know it by heart, and it makes me, makes me so happy to, to, that they know it, and I can just start saying it, and they can just join along with me. But it, it's an amazing thing to hear your high schoolers or young college people, and even when they were smaller, say, uh, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And so uh, my wife and I were were talking about that and and the fact that perhaps we have commended to them uh, something that they'll be able to use, uh, you know, when they get to zero in their lives, when those seasons come and those intersections come, gives me an immense amount of hopefulness that we gave them uh, some resource, some some word about God's new math uh, possibilities in the real world makes me happy. So as I always like to say, take care of yourself out there. Take care of one another. Wash your hands. Go for a walk. Be encouraged. God bless you. That's all the time we have for this episode, but we'll be back with you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, connect with us by following Bishop Wright on social media. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you can keep up when we post new episodes and we'll be back with you next week.